Hey, it's Michael. Welcome to Waltrip Unfiltered. Daniel Hemrick is going to stop by our Fox Studios today to talk about his career getting to the Cup Series and the unfortunate news he had this past week, losing his ride at Richard Childress Racing. Where will he wind up? And will he have the passion, the desire, the determination to get to that next step? Well, I'm going to tell you the answer to that is yes. You wouldn't believe everything that Daniel's been through to get where he's at. He's not going to give up now. He's a great interview, and I love the fact that I get to sit down and talk to him today. We appreciate all the questions you submitted using the Ask Mikey hashtag, and we will ask Daniel those questions. Be sure to uh, tell your friends via Twitter, via Reddit, or go to the Fox Sports YouTube page and watch our videos. Tell everybody about Walter Funfilter. This has been a lot of fun for me, getting to visit with guys like Daniel Hemrick, hear their stories, and then getting you involved, the fans, so that you can ask those questions as well. So sit back, enjoy the ride. I know you're going to love Daniel Hemrick's story. Be ready. Green play, green play. Well, Daniel, I really appreciate you coming by our studios. How's it going? Good, man. How about yourself? Good. I like coming and doing my podcast. Me and you golf together a lot. but yes, uh, we do. It's fun to be able to sit down and just have a have a little bit of time to chat, that's, catch up. That's right. Anytime you get a chance to be in, in those presence, you got to take advantage of well, it. Well, that's awesome. I, I love sharing the playing the golf game with you. We both are about the same. The only thing that I will say <laughs> about that is you probably ginned, what, 20 rounds this year? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Did you play 20 today? 20 I, today? I, I played 130-some, uh, and I just don't seem to get any better. I don't you get know, it. That's a very fickle game, isn't it? It is. I, um, you know, I took it up about two or three years ago and never thought I'd be so frustrated trying to hit this little ball around. But it's also you, you got to keep coming back and playing because it's so challenging. So that's really what kind of got me into it and playing. So now that I'm on the GGT deal with you guys and Denny and everybody, it's a – push the golf intensity to a different level but yeah i enjoy it yeah all of a sudden a, a, a 12 footer for bogey looks a lot different than it ever has yes doesn't it? i mean you think the whole small normal golf it's <laughs> <laughs> narrows up pretty quick we played yesterday with brett moffitt and that's the dangest thing i mean he can hit a ball so far unbelievable unbelievable, unbelievable. like his, it doesn't even, even sound like mine i've no. never had a golf strike sound like that and uh he's I, I, one after another now you may not know where it's going to go no, at times. that's for sure i told someone the other day moffitt's country strong that's exactly right i, I guess that's how you got to be to hit yeah, one like that's that that's what i hear and it, i'll tell you man it's uh unbelievable to watch feel i've never had one do that but hey that's why i keep going back try to get to where i can do that <laughs> well you hit some good shots yesterday i felt good about it the um you know i've gained a little yardage off the tee which yeah. helped me uh especially if you can get one turned over but I don't know, my, my three-wood shots are hit or miss. I can hit one good one, think I got it figured out, step over the next one, no good. So we were, keep working on it. We were talking earlier with a, a buddy um, and and how when we go golf, whether it's with me and you or Denny or Larson or whomever, you know, we're still – we. St- we still are racing guys, you know. Without a doubt, it you, shows. You you can't help it. <laughs> you cannot help you it. You know, you you want to know what the other guy's thinking, and uh-huh. and I'd like to think that. I know it's been a rough uh, rough week for you. Um, I'd like to think you can go to the golf course and get away from it all, but but you really can't. I mean, no, if you're going to be a racer, you're it's all consuming. You're in every minute. That's exactly right. It may uh it may have suffered a little bit on the golf course because of that yesterday, but um. No, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that's that's my livelihood, right? I mean, it's I think having a little bit of an outlet to go play some golf with some buddies is a little disconnect. But if you ever fully disconnect, you probably don't have a lot of business being involved in it. And I uh, just try to still get as much work done as I could yesterday while we were playing. And, and um, I don't know, it's just 
one of those things where yeah your mind's all over the place but that's kind of why to me it applies to racing because right you're in a race car you're grinding it out week after week trying to keep your head in the game and no different than the golf game so it's probably a good challenge for me to have all the business stuff going on yesterday as well swinging the clubs and just uh try to keep my head in the game because i got a lot of work to be done here in the next couple of weeks to try to put a deal together but uh, i think i told you yesterday i said i kind of don't mind being that guy that's got to overcome it or, or figure it out so that's what we're going to do. Well, you're you're trained that way, right? I mean, the the story of Daniel Hemrick making it to the to the Monster Energy Cup Series was was a, a long shot in the first place, to say the least, right? <laughs> that's exactly. That's a good way to put it. Long shot, to say the least. I I would have never uh, thought I'd ended up in the situation I am. And heck, I was talking to some folks. That I'm actually going to have dinner with them here in a little while. And folks, I used to drive for back in 2012, Super Late Model Racing, and I'd pretty much. Committed. What was that? What was his name? Uh, so that was Jake Carswell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they had a. Uh, oh, they bought all their late models actually off of Jody Ridley back 10 years before I met Number 98, him. right? 98, yeah, blue car, white stripes. And, um, you know, I'd pretty much, 2012, I committed to be a super late model racer full time, and that's what I was going to do. That's what was paying my bills. That's where I spent all my time was, was building those cars and working on those cars and racing all over the place, wherever they had a, a big show at that weekend. And, um, I mean, 2012 wasn't that long ago. So to have all these things fall into place and, and just work out the way they have to get to this point pretty surreal when you think about it and um i guess that's probably why i'm not too defeated at this moment right right i've been down and out and kind of pulled myself back up and done it again so that's what i look forward to doing here in the weeks ahead and i'm sure um there's it's been um, very rewarding to to get i'm sure you've gotten a lot of opportunities calls uh, inquiries about what what you might be doing in 2020 and 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 knowing that people care and not only maybe maybe it isn't just maybe it isn't a car owner, maybe it's a sponsor or just your friends like us that have said, you know, you're going to, you're going to come out on top in this deal. Yeah, I think so. I think having that support group around you, right. That's what kind of really gives you in in those down moments, really gives you those motivations to get back up. And, you know, I never would have thought that when the news came out and all this stuff, you know, it can be pretty, you know, gloom and whatnot. But I, I thought from past, you know, past champions, our sport, hall of famers, people that, went out of their way to reach out and they kind of give you that, hey, you're going to be just fine. And that's why I tried to make clear, you know, we had a, a press conference a couple of days ago about the whole situation at the racetrack. And, um, you know, I just, just told them, like, the people that are in the know, right, they see they see what you're doing, they, they see how you go about your business week in and week out. Those are the ones that ultimately you want respect from, right? You, you want to have the respect of your peers that you're around every week. So to have all those folks reach out, it's like, okay, I know I'm doing something right. And uh, to see them kind of have your back through those moments, that's, that's, a, that's a tough knit or tight knit group, so to say, and makes you feel good about what's coming. And you, you talk about um, being tough and understanding that, that things are going to happen and overcoming adversity. Uh, that's that, that, documentary that i that i just did which was unbelievable by the way oh thank you i loved it yeah i appreciate it um it it was it was about that you know it's 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 just it's it's the same for me like it was about not not listening not listening to other people tell me i wasn't good enough just saying yes i am i know i am absolutely and starting that engine and thinking this is going to be my day and um that that has to be that has to be that's burning inside of you right now as you finish the 2019 season. Yeah, let alone what's going forward. Without a doubt, I think that's what still that's what I people say. Are you losing sleep over worrying about what's next? I'm like, no, I'm I'm losing sleep about what I can do now. You know, what do I got to do right now? Um, if I do what I'm supposed to do right now, all the other stuff will take care of itself. And 
I've always lived by the fact that, you know, having faith that things will work out the way they're supposed to. And I know I'm just kind of a part of a bigger plan that something down the road is going to be better. And it's all um, happening for a reason. So, yeah, it's just if we talked about that fire, you know, if that fire burns out, then you shouldn't be doing it. But we've got a lot of fire left. I'm ready to rock. Yeah. And Daniel Hemrick grew up in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Ta- tell me about your first memory of interest in, in racing something. I remember... You know, so my dad actually was wide open all the time. He never raced, but he was on dirt bikes and go-karts, you know, just doing anything that was on the edge. And uh, my stepfather raced late models actually up in the Massachusetts area, moved south and uh, raced in what was the old Big Ten series at Concord Motorsports yeah. Park, the half mile there, and, and uh, was chasing a dream and fell short. So, um, you know, my fa- family, my p- mother and my father separated pretty early in my life, so um, I was around my stepfather who had just fell short of this dream. My dad, who was always out of control and everything he got on. And um, there was a little go-kart track, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes from my house like, in Concord. And uh, we went over there and gave it a shot. But I remember the first interest I took in racing. Uh, I was sitting there on the foot of my father's bed. I believe it was in 95, watching the Bristol night race. Uh-huh. The first time Terry Labonte and Earnhardt had to run in yeah. together. And, uh like, I remember that like it was yesterday. Like, that was my first time. Like, hey, this is this is awesome. So fast forward about a year later is when I got in that go-kart for the first time and um, been wide open ever since. Uh, tw- 23 years, Mikey. Oh, I know. 28 years old. So, <laughs> um, yeah, 23 years. Crazy to think about. That That is wild to think about. And and the looking through your stats, obviously, the, the, the wins, the 2013 championship, yep. there's a lot of – Bubba Pollard energy in the world right now. I love Every, Bubba. Yeah, everybody loves Bubba. Yep. And I've never met him, and I look forward to the opportunity to, to do so. And he just uh, was announced by Junior Motorsports that he's going to race a late model for them. No, I gave him a big thumbs up on that, too. Yeah, I was pumped. Obviously, Josh Berry does incredible things in the JRM late model and has been has been doing it for years. So, um, you know, you talk about Bubba Pollard. You know, I, I grew up, I say I grew up, you know, back in those 2010, 11, 12, 13 range, he was the guy I was – Head to head with week in week out between him and, and Chase Elliott and um, still a lot of those local short track guys Augie Grill Mike Garvey people that you know the average NASCAR fan now may not ever talk about but those are hard nosed racers Augie Grill I mean those are people I was having to kind of learn and race with week in and week out so um, Boa Pollard always talks about he feels like his time's passed him and he won't have his shot but he's doing incredible things without a doubt he's one of the greatest short track racers of all time and. I feel privileged to race with a guy like that. And now he's going to do a little late-mile stock racing with JRM, so that's pretty cool. And so was he established in 2013 when you showed up? Was, oh, yeah. Was, he was the man, right? And you, you took him down. Uh, I mean, yeah, we took him down a couple of times. Yeah, as, uh, him and I actually battled it out for a championship. We actually ended up at Nashville Fairgrounds to, to settle the first, I guess, of the Southern Super Series, the mm-hmm. first year of their inaugural 2013? Yep, 2013. And uh, we went there and... Um, had a really good car, and it's a long-distance race, right? Everybody's pitting, you're off sequence, you got tires, you don't have tires. And Bubba got caught up in a wreck um, trying to come back through the field. I came and got my last set of tires, and I think I had to finish, get the second from like 18th or 19th, like five or six laps to go. And uh, Chase Elliott won the race. It was All-America 400, and I ran second, and uh, just enough to edge Bubba by one point. One so, point. Yeah, so when we battled, man, those guys are those guys taught me a lot about what I'm doing right now. So it's cool to see him getting some notoriety, and, he has been kicking everybody's tail all year, so that's pretty special. Yeah, and, and I love the I love the fact that we're talking about him too, oh, yeah. because that's what it's all about. Uh, you know when when we're golfing or something, we'll talk about who's who's badass Bubba Pollard. That's is. right. And now he is. Everybody's talking about. Guaranteed. Him. No, and that's what's cool to see is you see a guy put the work in, put the time in, 
comes from a great family, um, and all they do is race. Um, I remember back in those days, that 98 car, it was myself, my wife, um, the guy, the folks who owned the car, and uh, maybe one other person. I brought my spotter with me, and he helped me on the car. And there was times where um, Sonny Pollard, which is Bubba Pollard's dad, and, uh, and Bubba's mother would come up and like, boy, we haven't seen you eat anything all, all week since you've been down here. <laughs> They'd make me a sandwich. They were the family that, you know, would always try to kind of look out for me. They, they saw how I was trying to do it, and um, they just kind of played the, the parenting role at times. So I appreciated that. So it's cool to see everybody giving them the, the kind of notoriety that I feel like he deserves. Yeah, I appreciate that too. And that reminds me we have some great questions from not only Twitter, but from Reddit as well. People Perfect. that wanted to know what's going on in, in Daniel's world and, and how things are, are developing. What do you got to kick it off here, CJ? That's our social media guru, CJ, here at Fox Sports alongside Ford. In the very stylish headset. Ford's always got style, don't he? Man, I, I, I got to look good for you, Michael. There you go. I like your <laughs> shoes, too. You're All tight. Right, so to everybody that submitted questions, thank you so much for doing that. Just continue to tweet hashtag AskMikey to be a part of the show. And we post a thread on Reddit every week for our new guests. And, Daniel, thanks for being here, buddy. Happy to be here. Uh, the first question comes in from Twitter. And this one is from Hammer 46 and they Drop would like to know, what's it like dating and then eventually marrying a competitor? Yeah, that you mentioned your wife yeah. when when you were talking about in the in the early teens mm-hmm. trying to figure this all out. How long have y'all been an item? And oh gosh, how long? Now this is live, right? So I'm gonna get in trouble if I say the wrong year. But I think we are going right at almost 11 years now. That's incredible. Yeah, we've um, we met back. I guess it would have been 2008, nine legend car racing. And um, she was actually a division below me. So she had actually crashed a car way down there, forget this. You know, you always remember those stories down in Louisiana racing and, and uh, she crashed a car, needed some help fixing one. Met her, her dad for the first time, met her for the first time. And the guy I drove for, we ended up helping them rebuild their car. Well, they needed a place to race out of that coming summer. Because if you're racing legend cars, you come to Charlotte Motor Speedway, you're in a summer shootout. Mm-hmm. It's the best of the best in the country at that level. Well, they, they were from Oklahoma. That's where she's from, and they needed a place to stop and to work out of on Tuesdays. So um, by the time we ended that week down in Louisiana, they decided they were going to work out of our shop here in a couple of weeks for the summer shootout, and um, that's what they did. And at the end of that summer, we were pretty well pretty well an item. And like I said, that was 2008, I believe, and uh, been going strong ever since. 10 or 11 years. That's incredible. Yep. And she uh, she was quite the racer too. She was. I tell you, um, it's kind of funny you bring that up because – I went to Lucas Oil Raceway Park, IRP, as people may know it, while we were in uh, Indy for the Brickyard a couple weeks ago. They had a big super late model race that uh, Speed 51 put on, and we went over there and watched that event, and uh, we saw Dale Jr. and LaTarte and a bunch of guys walking around down there, and uh, she was standing next to me, and somebody asked her a question about, have you ever raced here? And I went ahead and stopped them. I said, actually, her claim to fame happened right here. Uh, she won she was the first female to win a super late model race at, at IRP. And wow. As part of the, the Champion Racing Association CRA series, big super late model series out there. And uh, the claim to fame, though, comes in that she won. Some guy named Daniel Hembrick ran third. A guy named Ryan Blaney ran fourth. Chase Elliott May ran sixth or seventh. So wow. she uh, put it to all of us that day. So um, no, she, she could definitely get it done. And um, when you – Talk about legends racing and getting going in the, the early years. Uh, you won that huge race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Tell me your memories of of what led to oh, to that night. And it was, it was like the most money ever paid for a race like that. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It still don't seem 
real or right that it happened to me, to be honest with you. And, and I'm just curious, did, did the check come? Did you get a, did that check show $250, up? $250,000 to race the legend car. Isn't that, that unbelievable? I, I, I wanted to say it. I wanted to say 250000 but I didn't want to be wrong. So uh, my good buddy Bubba Wallace, him and I were playing golf a couple of days ago, and the same conversation came up. What got overshadowed about that whole deal was it paid $10,000 to make the show. That's I mean that's a huge deal. You know, you're legend car racing, you race for a hundred or two hundred bucks a night. <laughs> and um, you know, Bruton Smith doing things the way he does it and SMI, all those folks that are saying, Hey, we're gonna put on this Legends Million, million dollar purse. And yeah, it held true. Uh, we won the race, it was a couple weeks later, we got a check for two hundred and fifty grand and obviously had a lot of partners and people that were involved in it. Yes. Uh, we actually the only time at that level I ever had a contract, because I had one guy that owned my motor, another guy that owned my car, and I was the guy that put the cars together. So we all split it three ways. So um, one of the coolest stories, uh, it was later that, probably two or three weeks after that race, I get my check. So my part was $83,000, and I get a phone call from Bruton Smith uh, for, from his folks, maybe Don Hawk, and he said, hey, I want you to, or Bruton wants you to come meet with him. Why don't you come sit down? So I'm thinking I go to the Speedway. He's like, no, 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 he, he owns a dealership down the road, a little side office, you need to go talk to him. So I'm running to my head, what am I going to ask Bruton Smith? I'm going to be sitting right across the table from him. And uh, I think I went in there and I asked him, without a doubt, I said, hey, how can I make this $83,000 last my whole life? i got to make this last my whole life. <laughs> he said, boy, $83,000. He said, you just take that money and you just have a good time. Make sure you got a good story to tell out of it. But um, he actually went on and bought me a couple sets of modified tires following that, that day um, to run me in a modified on the quarter mile later that year. Uh, the NASCAR Wheeling Modified Tour brought modified to that right. track. So that whole race, the Legends Million, snowballed a lot of things that uh, kind of set this whole deal in motion uh, for me. But, yeah, having the ability to run and win on that stage was uh, was something that definitely, without doubt, catapulted my career. And then just a couple years later, you, you wind up um, in the Truck Series, 2015, your first full season. Yeah. And um, 16, driving for Brad. Yeah, that's right. So 2015, um, you know, that kind of started back in 2014. Actually, I, I was with my wife, my my career so to say kind of leveled out plateaued i was going to be at that late model race like i talked about and and um i got a phone call middle of the summer 2014 and we were in langley virginia she was racing the canyon race i think we were driving home from the race that night and it was a, a gentleman he said hey he said I'm, a, I'm about to change your life well this guy they called me i'd met him one other time and i'd been helping his kid with some super late model stuff you know they go to a new track i'd go jump in the car test mm -hmm. it get it close and then his kid would jump in and um his kid decided he was done racing, and he told his dad, he says, hey, I've seen this kid put the work in, put the time in. If you want to help anybody and continue down this path of racing, you need to call this guy. Called me up, sure enough, changed my life, got me lined up with uh, the folks at NTS. That kind of really got my foot in the door for the NASCAR side, and, um, yeah, took a chance on me, and, and here we are. Well, I, I want to tell you some numbers that I, I dug up, and I think that, that, that it's pretty incredible. In 2016... Um, driving for Brad in the Truck Series uh, during a ten race ten race stretch, you finished uh, third or better seven times. How's that happen? You don't win. That's that was my <laughs> question. We we know you know that you didn't get a win in the Truck Series, yep. but but I mean that's how does it not? How yeah. did you get so close? And I know there's a hundred stories about how it could have been, oh, but yeah, to run that good and not get a victory, uh, that that's just incredible honestly mikey i feel like obviously i wanted to win races right i wanted to turn a lot of those into wins but in the grand scheme of things i think looking at it and people seeing kind of you know trying to make the most of the situation that year you know as a company i think we won one race between myself and 
my teammate was Tyler Reddick that year. And I think he won one race at Vegas, two or three races to go in the season. But we'd had a rough year to that point of getting our trucks better and, and going on that tear. I think a couple of those, Kyle Bush may have got thrown out too. Um, but they didn't take the win away from them yet. That's, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's uh, you know, maybe I need to protest those events. But no, it's um, you know, I, I'm not sure how how you have. I'm not sure if that's good fortune or bad fortune. How would you look at that? I would I would say um, I, I wouldn't. I always look at it. I wouldn't change a thing. That's I'm exactly right. I like just, it led to right here, right? That's where I'm at, and 100%. and I'm I'm happy to be there. But uh, this is not going to make you feel any better. There's oh, an what? eight race stretch in 2000. Um, 17 when you went to the final four that you finished um third or better in seven of those six of those races to get the homestead yeah then we go down there and have a bad riff fill and, and I, re- I remember that vividly because <laughs> me and you both <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird that i remember it yeah. obviously is near and dear to your heart but you had the best car yeah that was a that was a weird time for us too my i lost my crew chief four or five races before that my entire team we had an issue with lead, like at Dover. So I was with a whole new group of guys those last four or five races. And, yeah, we were able to grind it out, get the homestead, and they built this new car for me to go down there. And I was like, you know, you know when you get in a car, you're like, man, this is this thing is really, really good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they dropped the rag, and I was up around the top where you got to be. I can go to the bottom. And just had a lot of maneuverability in that car. And, um, yeah, I thought we were positioning ourselves to be the quote-unquote upset. And, um, started losing volts, and, and then that was it. That was the end of our championship hope. But I think, you know, where we started that year off and, and, and grinding it out and getting to where we gave ourselves that opportunity, mm-hmm. that was pretty special because, you know, at that point. You, you know, gained a lot. Yeah, I mean, you, you as a company, as, as a driver myself, as a group, you know, we built a, a lot into that program, and it was cool to kind of hit the ground running again in 2018 with that group and um, got my other group back, and it was uh, we hit the ground running solid right off the bat again. Uh, you got married to there. Kenzie eventually. Yep, yep. they married now two and a half years. Yeah, so um, yeah, at the end of 2017, uh, we were able to go and tie the knot. I guess it'd be beginning of 2017. I say that right? 18, 19, two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah, so we uh, went down to Jamaica, had about 35 of our closest family and friends, and uh, we, had a, we had a good time, good time. We'll leave most of those stories back there. Though. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> what, what does she do now uh, other than support you? You know, she... She's honestly in a time where it's, you know, it wasn't that long ago she was racing full-time thinking that she was, uh, you know, climbing a ladder to having success. And then around that time, like I said, our paths crossed and, and um, she, our roles changed, right? She ended up being a supporter and I ended up being the guy getting opportunities. And since then, she's just been the, the rock behind me. She's been the one there, you know, through it all. I, I think, you know, through all those, you know, second and third place finishes you talk about in a row, there's a lot of frustration through those times. And, and having somebody like her that who's legitimately experienced it, felt the highs, felt the lows of our sport, been through the ringer. Understands. Um, understands. And somebody you can legitimately vent to. And I always tell everybody our pillow talk's a little different than most. But, you know, that's <laughs> ha- having her be a part of this journey. Yeah, it's kind of what's made it so special as it is. And, and knowing, the, like I said, she, she just gets it and makes our entire journey here together just fun and, and uh, pretty lax for, for the most part just because um, she's lived it. She's been a part of it. And. I uh, look forward to having her be a part of whatever's next for both of us. Yeah, it's uh, you're you're one of those guys that no matter who you ask, you know Daniel's a great guy. Daniel's a great guy, and that's that says a lot. I appreciate that about your, the way you were raised, or something <laughs> that the Lord put in your heart to be able to to persevere and to to not let it get to you. Just can't right. Just got to keep moving forward. That's all you can do. Um, I got a question, and it's from Carter. Is right. this Reddit? 
the one from Carter is on Reddit. Yeah. Carter said, I was looking at this year. Notice every time you return to a track for the second time, you finish better. This weekend will be your second cup race at the Roval. Yep. So what did you learn last year that will allow you to improve your finish this year? And let me put a side note on this question, CJ. I watched you run second out at Sonoma in the K&N race. Yep. So I know you got the road racing <laughs> skills. More globally, um, getting to return to these racetracks for the second time, I know that's that's part of the, what's frustrating you, and you're oh, like, yeah. darn it. I'm, I got to figure out how to get back again next year because you 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 do always show that improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Carter, I can tell you the first thing we got to do is remember the turn. All of us is a field <laughs> going down into turn one. That was a. Where were you at on that restart? I think I was I was, it was eighth or tenth. I was either the fourth or fifth row outside. So we had messed up with some strategy calls. You know, you know what I'm talking about here. But you remember all this stuff, and uh, I I was leading the race before that, the Xfinity race the day before, and I almost did the same thing on the front row. So I'm like, all right, these guys aren't going to turn on no tires. And they didn't. I thought, man, I'm going to come out of this deal second or third. Thought I had it slowed down and turned left enough. And I think uh, Kyle hit the tire barrier and came back across my nose, and that took me out. So, um, but, yeah, we ran solid, man. I think we paced two or three of the practices that weekend last year. We, we uh, I think, qualified. We were second in the first round. I think we ended up qualifying eighth or ninth. Will hopped in turn one. And – we ran just solid, so I'm looking forward to going back there. I've been on the simulator all day today. Have you? Yeah, I got simulator time all day tomorrow. Um, so, you know, you learn very quickly where you feel like as a company or as a driver or just as a group where you feel like you're going to have opportunity, you know, maybe more this weekend than, than others. So I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for the Roval going back there for the second time. And, yeah, we got a list of tracks that we're going back to for the second time, so I'm pumped to get all of them. What is the new chicane like on the simulator? What what do you, what can you uh, what can we expect there? Yeah, I don't know what to tell you there. It's it's tight. You go um, obviously you're in fourth gear getting to that backstretch chicane, and you slow down a ton. I mean, obviously last year it was whoever could man up, if you will, and uh, kind of get through there without losing the left side of their car, the nose of their car was going to have the most speed, and it, it seems very very methodical now. I think a lot of approach, you know, your approach is going to be everything. Um, second gear I think it's going to be borderline first I think ah. depending on your ratios right but it's a uh, I think you can make a lot of time on entry or you can make a lot of time on exit but I don't think you're going to be able to do both so <laughs> time will tell I'm, I'm looking forward to actually going out there here in a little bit just to maybe take a picture or two of it so I can get a visual for myself can you get in a car and like a street car and drive around there I'm not sure if I can disclose that information okay I'll keep that between <laughs> us that's then. right <laughs> what do you got CJ you got another question we can ask from some of our friends at Reddit or on Twitter yeah absolutely so this one is from Steven on Twitter, and he would like to know, which of the upcoming races are you most excited about to be able to make an impression for next year? I'd say it's the Roval. It's got to be. It's a home, right? <laughs> I mean, the Roval, yeah, it's good as we were last year. and um, you know, But we, we've struggled a little bit as a company of road course races this year, but I, I think uh, at least having that knowledge, and it's still fairly new. you got a new addition to the racetrack, right? I, I like when – Anything that evens the playing field up. There's a lot of disparity between between uh, the field at times. So uh, I look forward to those opportunities. And we got a good one going back to the Roval. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah, me too. And I love I love all the races that we have coming up. I mean, they're just they're just so entertaining to me. They are. Watching how and and maybe you could help me understand like the 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 restarts. It's wild. Isn't how it? do you how do you how do you balance that knowing you got to get all you can get but you can't yeah, it's, uh, run over somebody or cut a tire definitely a double-edged sword there um 
That's one thing I'd like to see, by the way, not to get off topic of your question, but I wish we could, like, use each other up a little more and not have the tire rubs and the fender rubs. Do you think those uh, composite bodies help uh, to – Unbelievable. They bounce off each other better, right? Yeah, ask Reddick. Yeah. I mean, he's, he hits about every week and still drives out and wins races. So, no, I, I think hopefully we can go that go that direction or at least something to make it something durable. But, um, yeah, I mean, you've got to get it all. I mean, the restarts is where it's at. You may, you know, there's times, there's been racetracks this year where you've been able to focus on, you know, not have as much, you know, downforce or more downforce. And mm-hmm. that pays dividends on the back end of the run, but there ain't nothing like that restart. If you can go get five or six right then and there, um, that's going to pay big dividends. That changes the whole tone of the day, right? That's net five or six that they can't take from you. You got to go. Uh, it usually levels out to be even if you lose two of them back, you're, right. you're net gain, and that's hard to get nowadays. So it's uh, you got to get it all. When when you think about um, RCR and, and finishing up this 2019 season, uh, what what tracks do you feel like there will be opportunities there for you to get to victory lane? You know, I think, you know, our program has just been the best at our high grip, you know, high grip, some of our night races. You know, our cars have, it's no secret, they've had a lot of raw speed, but not a lot of balance and traffic. And as we go into some of these night races, I think Kansas is a place that we can really go and, and excel at. Um, and actually, even looking all the way down the road to Homestead for our season finale, I think, you know, our car at Darlington was really, really good. And we just got in a very unfortunate situation with Newman there. And but outside of that, man, there's there's a lot of places I think we've built a, a huge notebook on. But definitely our, our more high grip, you know, Texas. Texas was a little bit of a variable. We saw the entire field kind of change packages throughout the weekend. And, like, all of a sudden the field thought, man, we can put more raw speed in these cars. And everybody took a jump of speed. And that's what's cool to see everybody evolve through this deal. And that's the one thing about the cup level in itself, right, is it changes so fast. Right. And, um but I think we're, we've changed a lot of our stuff in the right direction, and hopefully we can show that off as we go down the road. Do you do you? How do you work with Austin on that? Does does he does he have one setup and you have another, or or, or how do teammates balance that? And 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 do you? I mean, you, you have the same stuff. It just depends on what direction you go yeah, with right. it, I guess. Yeah, hundred percent. Everybody makes kind of their own decisions, but we have full knowledge of what the other team is and what we have. The other added element to that is his crew chief was my Xfinity crew chief in 17 and 18. So he kind of knows as a, as a crew chief what I want. He's trying to tell, sometimes tell my crew chief, Luke Lambert, what I've tended to like. And then you got Austin and I really, we, we do actually work really well together. We've always had a lot of the same feel out of the car, what we want, what do we need to get to go and make speed. Uh, I think there's certain situations that, and uh, I think some of our short tracks we go to, he's been in it now at this level for so long. He knows you know, heck, I've never ran a 500-lap race at Bristol. He knows – I've never seen the amount of rubber that gets put down in 500. So, leaning on him a lot to, those, to that kind of information, I think, has helped me. And I think he really actually excels at it. He's done it long enough. And um, But then we go to road racing, he leans on me pretty heavily because, for whatever reason, I've been able to excel at it. So, it's uh, it's been cool to see how our friendship as a kid, as, as kids, you know, growing up between 13, 15, you know, 16 years old, being around each other uh, at times, Bandolero, Legend Car Racing, how we've been able to – take that relationship and, and, and really put it to work at the top level of our sport. That's something him and I both uh, share. It's, it's pretty cool between both of us. And um, But at the end of the day, we're both competitors. We, we want to beat each other. Our race teams want to beat each other, but I feel like we work pretty well together. Yeah, I think uh, from from what I see, you know, you, you guys are, are peers, you're, yep. you're equals, you're racers. Yep. Uh, I think there's some thought that maybe Austin gets better stuff than Daniel or there's no, there's there's – favoritism that's not anywhere near the truth no not at all not at all at the end of the day um you know yeah pop pop makes the decisions on 
what happens and who goes where and, and, and what happens with the uh, personnel. But uh, when the race cars are built, you know, they, I've had his cars weeks. He's had my cars. It's it all gets shuffled around. So uh, that's the last thing I want anybody thinking. I've been given as good of a shot as anybody. Same as him. Same as everybody else that's ever been there. So um, yeah, obviously blessed to have the opportunity to do it. Um, little torn that I can't continue to build on it, but I uh, look forward to the next opportunity. Yeah, you were very clear about um, appreciating Mr. Childress and all he did for you. Uh, it's it's probably been a pretty fun ride being able to listen to stories that Richard tells about <laughs> racing over the years. Yeah, it's um, a lot I wish I could share with other people because it's pretty mind-boggling. You know, obviously, it's no secret RCR's, you know, celebrating their 50th year. I mean, 50 years doing anything. Um, you're going to have a lot, a lot of ups and a lot of downs, and He's been able to share some of those stories throughout, um, you know, old plane rides with some of the, the best in our sport to, you know, times out on the town, whatever it was. He's just always just had a good time with it and, and been successful. He's never not been successful. So that, that's that's part of the little bit of that fire that still burns in me is wanting to have results for him. You know, mm-hmm. this guy has done so much for our sport, done so much for me and my family. You want to give him results. So um, we got eight more shots at it to do just that and as they continue on to their 51st year he uh he's never asked you to hold his watch has he uh he has not but I, i've heard um <laughs> i may have heard a story in, in detail about that so it's uh one of the better ones i can tell you that yeah that's that's <laughs> that's, that's, good, that's good memories yeah, yeah. right there so the roval uh marcus and bruton decided they would make a new track yeah and let's just make a new track and and last year there was so much energy about it and then you guys didn't disappoint the way you raced it unbelievable it was wild to watch i loved watching it uh that that leads me to a question from um who who asked this question it's from bob and flobo on reddit flobo let's hear it yeah bob and flobo bob wanted to know if you could build an all new track where would you build it what would the length be and the configuration me? Yeah, I like that. I don't think there's no track that needs to be built. I think we need to put safer barriers, if that's what's needed, at Nashville Fairgrounds, and that's where we should be racing at. That, that would be my renovation to a racetrack. Well, I would take the cup cars to Iowa on a go. on a Friday night or a Saturday night. I, I think agree. that would be incredible. And then what I would also do is, what's, this, what's the name of that track? And you might you might have raced there in Canada. Cayuga? Uh, Mossport. Or, uh, not, the road, not the road course. Cayuga? Remember? Oh, yes. Didn't they, they rename ran, it? Yeah, they just ran a huge uh, straight rail late model race up there. It's like 75 grand to win or something. Yeah. Somebody Bubba asked Pollard me how could <laughs> – did Bubba win it? Bubba Pollard won, yeah. How about that? Uh, Jucasa. Does that sound right? Is that what it is? Well, there is one named Jucasa. That's when he just won. But. So people said, how do you you know make NASCAR more popular? And I'm like, move it to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Those oh people gosh. up there love their racing. I tell you, the first year I went and ran a truck there, I could not believe – I mean – I don't know how many miles the racetrack is, but I mean, I'm talking, you saw fans everywhere. That was like, you know, do a ride along, you know, you know, ride around the back of the truck and driver intro. I was like, that's a cool feeling to see people come out there to watch you put a show on. Yeah, let's, let's go to Canada. I like it. What What are some of your, uh, is, is Nashville Fairgrounds one of your favorite short tracks? It's my favorite short track in the country, without a doubt. You know, I kind of have that, that love-hate for a couple of years. I'd go there and I'd run second, third, second, third, second, third. And finally, um actually won the All-American 400 in my own car. It was my first time driving for myself. And after that moment, I was able to go back and win a couple Super 8 model races there in a couple different touring series. And, um, oh, my gosh, I love that place. How, how did you How did you finally build your own car? What, what was that? How did that go? Well, that's a that's a whole other story we may need time for. I, but I, I'll, I'll give you the gist of it. I, I get a phone call from a guy named Bill Byron, and it happens to be his kid races now, William Byron. And um, he says, hey, he said, I want William to run some, some late model stuff. 
I'm like, all right, well, I know some really, you know, good people. I got a guy named Jeff Foltz, you know, All-Pro champion from the past. He was a huge mentor of mine. And I started naming these other people down towards the Pensacola, Alabama area in Florida. Um, you know, these guys, you know, take William if you want to let him get some good seat time. He said, no, no, no. He said, somebody told me you got a chassis. Well, that's all I had. I had a chassis. And uh, we worked and talked and put a deal together. Next thing you know, I'm building this car, and William's going to come drive it. So uh, I built this car, and uh, he came and ran three races for me. Uh, I think our first outing together was in a little racetrack in Op, Alabama. We went and ran Nashville for the All-American, and then uh, I took him to the Snowflake, which runs the night before the Snowball Derby. Uh-huh. And uh, we had good success, and he hadn't quite mastered the shifting part of, of racing yet, so we had a little issues on restarts. But <laughs> it was um, was it obvious to you then they, though, I, that he was special? I will tell you this. Yeah, we go down to Pensacola, one of the toughest racetracks you can go and try to get around. And um, – and I, I got in the car, and, and the way I had the program set was I would, I would go run the car and get it close. I was building, I knew it was in it, and I would put what I felt like needed to be in the car and get it to feel right, and he would get in. Well, you know, I got it close on practice day, and he jumped in. And within, I'm not kidding you, within like five laps, he's within you know, maybe half a tenth or a tenth of what I had ran, and I thought, man, that's, that's no easy place to get around. And he, he was like that everywhere. He always picked it up quick, and um, so – if I ever hear any of his haters, I, I try to set them set them straight real yes. quick. Because, like I said, we talked about earlier, wanting the respect of your peers, he got the respect from me that those uh, throughout those three races, and he's uh, earned everything he's ever got. And then after that, you decided you'd run the All American in your own car because you yeah. were, you felt pretty good as an owner. Well, I, <laughs> it was right in the middle of that 2015 truck season, and um, you know I, I rebuilt it from one of those restart issues I, I talked about, and actually sent my wife to Lucas Oil Raceway Park for let her run it. And uh, we actually went there and tested. I sent a group and a truck and trailer there to go take car racing. I went and ran the truck race in New Hampshire. We had a red flag under the truck race. I'm like, hey, how's my wife doing practicing? So they're giving me updates on the timing and scoring. And, That's awesome. Um, she had a little bit of body damage that week. And uh, they got back. She ran second or third. And the All-American was the next the next week. And uh, Jeff Foltz, I didn't have a truck or trailer that I owned. He's like, hey, if you want to get that car ready, he said, uh, I got another buddy who's going to buy tires for you. He says, and they're going to pay the bills. All you got to do is, you know, burn the midnight oil and get it ready. You get it, have it ready. I had to go test at Homestead. He says, we'll bring a truck and trailer, pick it up, and haul it there for you. So that's what happened. I went and tested the truck. They took my late model to Nashville. I showed up, ran it through tech. We won the race. It was pretty cool. Now, sitting here talking about it now, it sounds crazy, but that's just your life. Yeah, that was that was like normal Going stuff. to test there and the truck going there, my buddy taking yeah. it here, and I'm a crew chief for William Byron. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, and that's what's, <laughs> you know, talking about being down and out. I got a lot left in me because that was um, that, that's what made me who I am, and I just love it, Mike. It was, you know, everybody says, would you ever do it the way you did it? Or what made you keep doing it the way you did it? I'm like, well, that's the only way you know how to do it. Yeah. That's what you have in front of you. Um, and they say, would you do it any differently? And I said, well, no, that's, that's what made me who I am. So um, I take pride in, in how I've gotten to where I'm at and uh, the people that have helped me along the way. And uh, that's why I know there's a lot left. Well, when we talk about what's what's left, what's next, can you, would you, go back to Xfinity? Would you run a truck? Are you going to stay in cup? Can you give us any idea on, on how things are going? Will we see Daniel smiling face around <laughs> again next year? Happy to be racing something? I, I sure hope so. Um, you know, I, I, we talked earlier about how pumped I was to have all the support and outreach from the, the peers and whatnot throughout the sport. And I think that's opened up a lot of opportunities and a lot of doors and a lot of conversation with a lot of folks in all three, all three levels of NASCAR. So that's all you can ask is be a part of the conversation for people to take interest in you and, and want to at least be open and willing to, to give you a shot and give you opportunities. So I'm uh, fingers crossed, hopeful that something will come together here in, uh, in the next couple of weeks. But um, 
I will say I also started from a blank sheet of paper, you know, from two weeks ago. So it's um, got a long road ahead of me, but I, I know it's uh, it'll all work out the way it's supposed to. But definitely look forward to hopefully announcing stuff down the road. Wow, appreciate you coming on and Happy to be here. hanging out. Really yes, uh, means a lot to me. Hey, it means a lot to me. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Well, I told you that was going to be a lot of fun. Such great stories from Daniel. Stories of determination of a guy that had to work his butt off to get the opportunity. So don't you worry about how much uh, he wants to continue and how hard he's going to work to do so. I just, I've just had the best times sitting and talking to these racers, hearing their stories and reflecting back uh, when he talked about watching the movie and how it touched him and, and the motivation I had to have to come back from adversity and, and not being able to, to get the victories you knew that were right there, being able to fight through those things. And that's what Daniel's faced with. It meant the world to me that, that he appreciated the, the documentary so much. And, to, uh, you know, and about the documentary, there's been so many people inquire about how you can see it. It obviously um, debuted in movie theaters across America last week, one night only. Um, but now it's available on iTunes. You can search uh, Blink of an Eye, Michael Waltrip documentary, and you can find out how you can buy it on iTunes, and you'll be able to watch it right in your living room. So 100% approval rating is something I'm really proud of. I've read on Twitter and, and seen throughout social media how much people enjoyed the doc, and, and that means the world to me. Going to shift gears now and get ready to head to the Roval. It's going to be crazy racing. You know what you saw a year ago with those guys totally missing the first corner. And something cool happened this week over at the Roval. Joseph Newgarden is going to make some laps in an IndyCar. Does that mean perhaps IndyCar, NASCAR doubleheader at the Roval? I can't think of anything I would rather see. Wow, that would be so much fun. The IndyCars are so cool. Congratulations to Team Penske and Joseph for winning that championship. And I'm looking forward to seeing what an IndyCar looks like blasting around the Roval. Got that new chicane. We talked to Daniel about it. That could be a hot spot. We know how crazy turn one is. I can't wait for all the action. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Waltrip Unfiltered. Be sure to tell your friends. They can add us via their favorite podcast app. And uh, have them give us a try. All right. Appreciate you. Thank you.